Welcome everybody to another episode of Stress-Free Selling. And this one I'm particularly excited about. I have with me a very special guest who I heard for the first time a few months back talk specifically about the mental health journey, not only that he went on, uh, but he, that he has kind of helped others go through as well. And in our industry, it's something that is very overlooked or when it does get brought up, it's just kind of surface level stuff. Um, but today I want to dive a little bit deeper with none other than George Bryant um, to talk about customer journey, his story, and really how our industry needs to take a step forward if we're all going to survive it and stop dying at 50 years old. So George, welcome, man. Thanks for taking a uh, time for me today. Bro, just your intro, like just your <laughs> intro alone. I'm like, are you ready? And I was like, oh, you mean the thing that nobody talks about because they're convinced that it's celebrated and it's an addiction and then mm -hmm. people are rewarded for it without understanding why they ever hit the finish line and then are more unhappy than they've ever been before. And then their health is gone and they can't enjoy what it is that they hustled so hard to get and maintain. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's a lesson and a painful one. Uh, luckily I've been blessed to learn it. And now I talk about it, hoping like I can be like everybody's parent and be like, I know you're not going to listen to me totally, but when it happens, just remember this one thing and take a tweak, right? Like I, I love it. And, and, and I just want to take a minute too. And, and for everybody listening, I'm sure you know this, listen to this, but like you shared with me before the show, kind of like what your mission is. And I also want to acknowledge you because I remember seven years ago when I started teaching relationships through our rooms, customer journey, like this matters, you matter. People told me I was crazy till like probably a year and a half ago. And you live in a very, very, fuck it, toxic industry that is built on transaction in every ounce of its nature and people wonder why it's soulless. And so I want to thank you for seeing it and being willing to have a voice and put voice to it because this is the work that actually makes a difference and matters. No, I appreciate that big time more than you know. And it's, it's you know, we're in the baby steps. We're in the, uh, at the starting line of, of this journey um, myself and coming out of a different world. Like you mentioned that I was in the corporate world before this and high level finance roles. And it, it's the same beast. It's the same thing of just, you got to put in your hours. You have to hear your inputs, right? You want these yep. certain outputs here, what you have to do, fuck everything else in between. You step on who you have to step on and it's disgusting, um, which yep. is why I left that to begin with and got into this because, you know, I, I was looking for something a little more toxic and I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> kidding. But no, there, there was such a huge gap. Yeah. I, yeah. I just saw a need to try to get in there and help. One thing that I want to say, and, and I'll open these loops and I'll close them, but but one of the things and one of the reasons you'll win, and I'm just foreshadowing your future because I'm going to kind of grab you and make sure you do, but you'll win <laughs> is I've summarized like 40 years of mental health, right? And I know you're going to want me to tell it, so I'll just tell everybody now and I'll give you the yeah, short yeah. version, right? Like, so for people listening, I grew up in a pretty tumultuous childhood and and, and I'm going to pre-frame this and, and I feel very, very called to pre-frame this for everybody because my story is not unique. The details might be unique, but the feelings we've all felt and trauma and resistance is relative. It's not a comparison game. It's that if anything I say lands, any feeling lands, any experience lands, that is completely okay and normal, right? And I share my story so that you understand that this is a game of just understanding yourself and getting to work. And so I don't ever want anybody to be like, oh my God, well, I didn't live through that or I don't get it. It doesn't matter, right? Like the world is so funny and you just alluded to it, right? Different jobs, same results, different markets, same things. 
And at some point we have to recognize that we're the only common denominator, right? So like I, my childhood was hell, drug abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. And I've forgiven my parents. They did the best of what they had, but that left a 13 year old kid homeless, working his way to survive while getting bullied, front teeth knocked out, only white kid in his class, nose broken three times before I even left. And then I joined the most incredible loving organization in the world called the United States Marine Corps. Who are like, hey, we are so excited that you've had this broken childhood that we're going to heal your heart. Yeah, X nay on that one. They're like, oh, you're broken. Let's turn you into a fucking machine, right? And then 13 years of my life on active duty where every ounce of disconnection I had was celebrated. We don't have pain. Pain is weakness leaving the body. We don't cry. We don't do anything. And then I experienced a lot. Uh, I almost lost both my legs in 05. I had seven concussions, with traumatic brain injury. Uh, the PTSD was through the roof. I witnessed suicides. And then I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And they're like, you're medically unfit. And I was like, I have to survive. And so even before I got out, I spent a year as an entrepreneur, well being an active duty Marine working 16 hours a day. So then when the uniform came off, there was a new addiction in place. And it was called entrepreneurship. And this one was the dangerous one because every single time I didn't feel my feelings and I hustled more, I made money and everybody celebrated me. Look how many followers you have. Look how much money you're doing. Look at your grind. Look at your hustle. And I did it all to the point where my wife was nine months pregnant with my first child and we were three weeks away from bankruptcy. And I had to willingly walk away. And I deleted 2 million followers off social media. And I gave away a company because I was out of alignment. And I went back to ground zero to start rebuilding. And so then that led to the marriage issues, the emotional abuse back and forth, my wounds that weren't getting eradicated, lots of plant medicine, and I mean lots, to realize that no matter which way I sliced it, I was trying to find different avenues to distract myself from me, but they all lended me to the same answer. And I had to come to realize that I was really, really never afraid of failure. I was petrified of success. And I thought I was in the driver's seat of my life, but I wasn't. How you saw me, how everybody else saw me, what the world wanted me to be, every fear, everything was driving and I was convinced, but I was sitting in the passenger seat. And you said something a minute ago about inputs. And this is where I realized the game was different. I say this every day. I write this down every day. And I said, my value is predicated on the intention and integrity of my inputs alone. And that is it. That is it because you conveniently results, left out volume too. I did leave out volume because no matter what, and this is for the transactional people here, mm -hmm. if you want to use a SIPOC model, oh, I speak that language as well. It's suppliers, inputs, process, outputs, customers. You realize that the output is a byproduct of the inputs. It's a result, not something you can get, right? You can't just say, I want a million dollars and make a million dollars. The million dollars is a product of getting clarity, putting something in place, adding them together, and creating that. And we think that these challenges that we have are outside of us, but the truth is, is that we're surrounded by the opportunity and in these inputs that we have, but the inputs are missing the authenticity, and they would never work from the first place. And that's the thing that everyone's like, if you could like go back and give yourself any advice... <laughs> 20 years ago, what would it be? And I'd be like, I'd sit with every fucking emotion I had until I had clarity on who I wanted to be. 
And then once I knew who I wanted to be, I would then go do the same workout everybody else was doing, but I would do it as me, not as the version that they wanted me to do it as. Just because they posted this and they were on social and they do this doesn't mean it, which actually led to my entire business where I say, you cannot win on width, but you're guaranteed to win on depth. But the depth requires you. And that's the piece that everybody has to understand because it doesn't matter how much money you make, how much success you have. And every one of you that will call me, DM me, will say the same thing. I'm like, what do you want? Oh God, the, the guiltiness here. I want more time. I want more money and I want more freedom. But in actuality, the moment you give it to them, they don't even know how to be in a relationship with it. Then they fill it in with more noise and then their life ends up, I don't know, having to sacrifice every ounce of time that they had to manage all of the shit that they convinced themselves that they wanted. And now they're soulless, completely a victim to the entire environment and wondering why they're not happy. Well, here's the newsflash. There's only one relationship that you're guaranteed to be with for the rest of your life, and it's you. And it's the one that we ignore every single day. We don't have a good feeling, we go to Instagram. We don't have a good feeling, we call for coaches. We don't have a good feeling, we go to Netflix. We go to food. We go to all of these things that think and convince us that we're getting better, but we're not. We're hiding from our emotions. We're hiding from our feelings. And we forget that at the end of the day, no one can take a bite for you. Nobody can pick your foot up. Nobody can pick your hand up and nobody can do your work. But that's the most empowering place for me because every single human is in the same bucket. So the only difference between me and you is that if I feel like shit and you feel like shit, the level of intention and integrity and what I do to fix it and how consistently I hold myself accountable to it is going to be the differentiator between my success and somebody else's. No, I, that was phenomenal. And the first thing that came to my head is something I've been repeating to my, my family. I have a wife, I have a six-year-old just like you, and now a yep. one-month-old baby girl too. Something I've been repeating for about the last year and a half since I've been on this kick is I've had to reframe what my definition of selfish was my entire life growing up, anything that you're taking care of yourself, you're taking, putting yourself first, it's selfish. Absolutely. But as a parent, you have to, to some extent, and now there's a very fine line, right? Between taking care of yourself yes. and going too far. And there's a lot of dichotomies here, including just the amount of, uh, you know, leaving you out of it and also making it about you. You can't come out of a place of ego, right? It can't be all about you. But if you are doing what everyone else tells you to with no integrity and authenticity, <laughs> it's this web that it's really hard to point for people. Um, where, where to land, where you are, to recognize where you are is hard. How do you see people kind of navigate that in the conversation of, we have to first define your relationship with yourself and where you are, right? It has yeah. to start there. And then once you start to secure that, where do you go? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing for me is that it starts with just having one. Like it just starts with fucking having one, right? Like, and realizing, and this is the beautiful thing for me, like for any parent out there, you're going to get this instantly because you can all think of a moment where you were existing just in the present with your kid and nothing else in the world mattered, right? And even yeah. in that moment, when the weight of the world, when the weight of the business was on you, you were so clear on who you were, you instantly had clarity and confidence that you were going to fix it, right? So, so almost every parent here, has and I would I would venture everyone has a barometer of what it feels like to actually be themselves and be present like to be unattached and boom right that's number one number two remember this commitment is not feelings 
I don't give a shit how you feel. I care what you're committed to. And what happens is that we will have these triggers. We'll have these things. Oh my God, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And then the moment we feel it, we never take the time to really feel it all the way and say, okay, what's one behavior that I could do differently, irregardless of how I feel, that would eradicate this or help this? And how long am I going to hold myself accountable to doing just that one thing, irregardless of how I feel? And parents, this is the part that I use against every single one of you, because this incredible gentleman has a one-month-old baby girl. And I could literally throw an atomic bomb on his business, keep him awake for six nights in a row, and his wife could be out of town. But the moment that that baby wakes up crying at 2 a.m., no matter what thought, no matter what feeling, I don't want to get out of bed. God, I wish somebody was here. You get up irregardless of how you feel, and you go tend to the situation. And I find that most people have a very, very unhealthy relationship with commitment. They tell me they're committed. They tell me they want it. But what they're really saying is only if it feels good. Well, there's an incredible children's book that everybody should read. It's called Bear Through the Woods. Ready? You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. But what we fail to recognize is that through is the fastest and easiest path to clarity. But it's not an action. It's a state of being. It's just being willing to acknowledge like, hey, I'm having anxiety today. Hey, I'm stressed today. Hey. I'm not happy today, and yet I can still do these behaviors that will protect me because tomorrow they will be evidence that I kept doing the work, and I'm happy now, irregardless of how I felt. And I find that most people don't even want to get there. And for me, that's where I was stuck. And I mean stuck, right? Like it was this pattern over and over and over again. And I'm like, no, I learned the distinction. I read the book. Like I did it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But then there was this big, big lesson that I learned that understanding the what and the why was 1% of the game. Holding myself accountable as a student and realizing that I'm a kindergartner in this bucket and I have to learn to walk before I can run and run before I can run a marathon was the hard part because my feelings, my triggers, the business, they weren't anything but distractions away from the things that I knew would work. And then I convinced myself that I shouldn't do them because I wasn't prioritizing the relationship with myself. And so now in doing trauma work for years, right? And, and for those listening, like plant medicine, breath work, EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, I read the DSM manual. I've been certified in personal development coaching. I've coached them all. I've run retreats. Like I've done all of this. My favorite ever quote that lands for me and I remind myself of is Thich Nhat Hanh, said in one of his pocket manuals, the moment you recognize you are, you no longer are. But the scary part about that is the moment you can see like, oh my God, I'm not doing this or I'm feeling this way. You're already through the trauma, but you're missing the accountability of the new behavior. And that was the piece that got me over and over and over again. And what I realized, it was because I didn't know and I wasn't willing to write a new book on who I wanted to be. I only knew how to tell everybody who I was and how hard it was because that kept me stuck and kept me comfortable because it was predictable. It was there. It was easy. And listen, I'm going to break. Oh God, this is like such a humbling thing to say, but I'm, I'm going to tell you how this broke for me because I think this is really, really important. One of my men's teachers is John Wyland. So men listening to this, go read the book, Way the Superior Man by David Dieta. Find John Wyland, David Dieta. But I went to a men's event 
90 men in Mount Shasta, seven day intensive experience on like getting into our masculine, healing our wounds, like at a deep, deep, deep level. And on the first day, they're asking us to like introduce ourselves, right? So I start talking and I start talking in story. Well, my wife's leaving me and boom, 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 and boom, boom, boom. And John literally stopped me and said, shut the fuck up. And then he said, men, there's 89 other men in the room. He said, for the next seven days, George is not allowed to tell a story. If he starts speaking, stop him. If he's in story, stop him. He can only speak about who he is in this moment or who he wants to be in the future. And you would have sworn that you locked me in a fucking prison with a life sentence because I was forced to recognize that I literally had nothing to talk about except for how hard my life was, how bad it was, how I was a victim of circumstance. And he forced me to be witnessed by 90 men in just being me. And it took till about the fifth day until I got it. And then I was like, oh, my buddy Jim Quick. Oh, this is what he was talking about. Sharon Lecter, who wrote Outwitting the Devil for Napoleon Hill, is a friend of mine, and she teaches this model that our thoughts dictate our words, which dictate our actions. And Jim talks about how our subconscious and conscious brain is the supercomputer that dictates the actions that we take. And I'm over here spending 24 hours a day, any moment I'm awake, talking about the circumstance and literally bringing it in more and getting myself stuck more rather than just being with it and then choosing a new thought. And then when I lose the thought, putting a positive one back in and putting an action in place to edify that thought. And it completely changed the game for me. But that was a big, big, big part of it for me because like just because you're a realtor and you're in production doesn't mean you're a realtor. It means you're an incredible man providing for your family and you're whoever you choose to be. That just happens to be the game that you're playing today. And can you imagine if every time Tom Brady, I don't know, in the Super Bowl when they were down 31 points with two minutes left, got off the field and was like, you know what? We're down 31. I've failed all day. Fuck it. I'm done. No. He's like, hey, we're down 31. I've made these mistakes and these mistakes. But here's what I'm committed to trying, irregardless of the deficit, irregardless of how hard it is. Let's get to work. And it goes down as one of the greatest comebacks in history that nobody thought possible. And it had one thing done, and it was up here. It was a choice. It was a choice that said, irregardless of how I feel, irregardless of what's in front of me, I made a commitment. And I made a commitment to see this thing all the way through, even if everybody is convinced the game is over, but it's important to me to keep my word. And that word goes down as like literally one of the biggest moments in history, but yet we all want to be great. We all want to be the entrepreneurs, the, the realtors that are doing X and Y and boom. But we don't realize that 99% of the work is done where nobody's looking and nobody sees it. And the only thing they see is the benefit of the work that you did when they weren't looking. And that was the part that took me so long to realize. I want to clarify here, the work you're talking about, right? In, in realtor talk, this is yes. not about the work you're hitting the phones or knocking nope. doors. This is the work you're doing on yourself. Yep. And that's a daily occurrence and something you said resonated with me very deeply of I have the ability and the wherewithal to identify when I get stuck, right? Yes. Get through. But I was always a hyper-analytical overthinker and never took action until I met our mutual friend, Mike Sherrard. And it was yep. action first, right? Imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. And that has been a life-changing thing for me to finally, you know, take the risk the first time and say, hey, you know, I'm just going to do it. Yep. Hold my breath. I'm going to do it and look around when I get to the other side and go, wow, 
I didn't screw it up. It's okay. Let me try that again. That was kind of cool. It worked. Let's try it again and again. And that's a daily occurrence. That's about the practice. That's about the commitment to yourself and everything. And it's a daily thing that never goes away. Right. And I think, I think what's important is to understand a goal. I say this to my clients all the time. Our job is not to eradicate or eliminate emotions. It's to build a relationship with them, to give them a cup of coffee, to tell them to shut the fuck up and sit in the back. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Cause like even today, right? Like I'm in the mix of it, right? Just cause you're rich on paper or you're at a different level doesn't change the stress of the game. I've cried like seven times today. I'm navigating a marriage liberation with my best friend who's going to be an ex-wife and we're living together and unraveling businesses together. I've probably had like seven or eight sessions of crying today. The only difference is I have gratitude for the tears because they bring me clarity. It's something that I had to feel. And so the other analogy that I used to use is that triggers are like check engine lights, right? You only lose when you ignore them. Because if you're driving down the road and your check engine light goes on and you ignore it, your engine might seize. But if you're willing to take a peek at it, you might be like, oh, my windshield washer fluid's low. Got it. I'm going to get home and fill it in later. Or, oh, my oil's low. Let me pull over now before I cause permanent damage to mitigate the situation. But what happens in every industry, but I see this in the realtor world more than anything because everybody feels like they're a slave to their business, right? Phones on 24-7. If I don't respond within one minute, I'm going to go out of business. If they're, you know, I, I've heard it from every realtor in the world, like the first there's the first to close, like every fucking excuse that you can imagine I have heard. And then the first thing they do when they become my client is I steal their fucking phone. And I'm like, I'll give this back to you. You have to earn this thing. You have to earn this thing through your work and watch. They're all going to be here. But watch the difference when you respond as you and everybody else responded in a quick transaction, how many more results you get because the people on the other end can feel it. And that's the difference, right? It's being able and being willing to do that work, but knowing that we're going to have check engine lights. The moment we diagnose them, we allow ourselves the ability to at least know where we stand. And if I said, hey, I'm giving you a brand new car, I'm going to tell you that these things are off or I'm not, you're going to prefer that I tell you that they're off so that if they come up, you have a plan. But what we do is like, oh, check engine light, ignore it, check engine light, ignore it, check engine light, ignore it. And then we get upset when our engine freezes. And what that looks like, realtors, is 11 p.m., literally on the couch, drinking a glass of wine or a beer because it's the only way you can tone your head down, over-supplementing yourself to sleep and sacrificing the one thing that's guaranteed to actually help you because our physiology affects our psychology and vice versa. And your body is the biggest thing that you can have and yet it's sacrificed and cut out, but yet we want to be able to maintain a $10 million a year production, a $20 million a year production, a $2 million a year production. My buddy Alex Sharfin says it great. You don't have the business you want because you haven't become the person to run it. But nowhere in there does he says because you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. No, it's because you don't have the capacity to hold what's in front of you without reacting to it. So you make reactive decisions that bring more of it in because you just can't simply sit with what's there. And no matter which way you slice it, and I'm going to tell you this right now, I'll speed up the process for everybody because you're going to be in one of two buckets. You're going to listen to me and you're going to start and you're going to be like, wow, I feel better or you're not, which is what I did. And at some point, you're going to hit a point in your life where everything that you ever wanted, everything that you convinced yourself that you wanted, you can't even have, have gratitude for or enjoy 
And then you're going to hit the reset button anyways and realize that you were the secret weapon the entire time. And most people are convinced that they need 17 hammers rather than looking down at the tool bag in front of their feet and realizing that they're not picking up the one that they have. And they think that if they collect more hammers, they're going to pick it up and swing in the wall, both in the business, but also on themselves. Right. And this is the biggest, biggest part. We also forget that when we achieve levels in business, whether it's I went from I was never a realtor to, hey, I just did my first 10 homes, you're most likely going to get stuck on those 10 homes until you change who you are, not what you're doing, because you only knew to that paradigm. And anything that I give you to do, if you don't change your belief, if you don't change your view and change your awareness, it's just going to stack on because you're a different person. But you have to bring yourself up to that level. You have to acknowledge your growth. You have to celebrate your wins. And I know every fucking person listening to this right now is like, yep, I don't do that. Yeah, like when was the last time you just sat down for fucking five minutes and wrote, I'm proud of myself for this. I'm so proud I did this today. I'm so excited about this. No, they don't. And I'm going to say what's in your brains right now. I'm so pissed that home didn't go on production day. I should have knocked on X amount of doors. I only made 21 out of 30 phone calls. I only got a blank. And you forget that you can only get more of what you have if you're grateful for what you have in the first place. Because here's the difference. You'll throw the baby out with the bathroom. Like, oh, I'm such a failure because I only made 21 calls today. Okay, cool. Let's navigate the other side of your business and let's role play for a minute. What would it look like if you made no calls for six days? No, you wouldn't, right? And so we have to be willing to understand that this is a game and the game is only one when we play it. But our level of integrity, our level of clarity, and our level of presence when we play the game is what determines if we win or not. Because for those people listening, you're like, oh, yeah, I also know what you did. You're like, shit, I only hit 21 calls. You either made a list or started picking up the phone and calling because you were like, I'm failing, I'm boom, rather than taking a moment to be like, okay, cool. What did I learn? How did I good good today? How can I do differently tomorrow? But instead of being reactive to everything around you, you sit with it and you choose how to respond. That's the only difference between success and failure is being obsessed about eradicating reactions to allow you the space to choose how to respond. Our job is to be a triage nurse. That's it. Things are out of integrity everywhere, right? I'm on this podcast right now, which means every person waiting for a DM for me, every client with a question, I am not currently in with. And if I was in with them right now, I wouldn't be present with this podcast. But the moment this podcast ends and I have an hour in my calendar, I'm like, great, let's release the show. Let's do this and let's get to work on boom, 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 boom. And then the next thing. And it's just a series of those moments over and over and over, but also ensuring that the moments that we're protecting and the ones that we're working on are the ones that are actually helping us grow, irregardless of how we feel. And that's where the game is won. Very well said. And for anyone who is listening to this, I'm glad you stuck around to the end. I highly recommend not only going back and listening to it again, but George's podcast is one I listen to almost on a daily basis on my walks on the boardwalk. George, where can they find you? Not just your show, but everything else you have going on. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, I thank you for saying that. I My purpose with my podcast is to eliminate all the questions you have so that you actually have the answers and tools so you can do the work that's there. And so like he will tell you, my podcast gives it all away for free. But here's the thing. 
It can be like every other podcast you listen to and every other video you listen to where you're just convinced that you have to consume, 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 and it just becomes shelf help, builds more reactants and more resistance and doesn't do anything. So I would love for you to come listen to my show as long as you make me a promise that you only listen till you learn. And the moment you learn, you stop, you go put it into practice, and then you earn the right to learn more because that is the only way that you're going to get different. And I'm telling you right now, as much as everybody is convinced, I don't have the tool, I don't have the knowledge, you do. You 1000% do. And so my podcast is called The Mind of George Show. It's at mindofgeorge.com. You can find it everywhere where podcasts are done. And then he will tell you I'm a relationship person. So I mean this, if I said anything today, opened up any loops today, you have any questions today, you can personally shoot me and my team a DM on Instagram. We will gladly answer. We will gladly help you. We will point you in the right direction. My Instagram is it's George Bryant, but the it's is in it because some 76-year-old realtor in Michigan gave me the website but wouldn't give me the Instagram, okay? I-T-S-G-E-O-R-G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And I'll say this. There's a reason you heard this. There's a reason you heard it now. If you got bit with the invitation, this is the universe. This is me. This is him saying there's probably something here for you. I would recommend that you lean in and give yourself the chance of getting a workout that will actually work for you instead of against you. And so the rest is on you because the internet's not creepy enough to know who everybody is listening right now for me to come find you or else I would show up on your fucking front doors (laughs) and I would hand deliver podcast episodes to you. I love it, man. I appreciate you um, taking you know a whole 30 minutes, which is a big deal. Um, I, I don't say that lightly. I, 30 minutes is a long time in a day as crammed as you know, once you're in tune with yourself, that time goes fast. Otherwise, it, it goes very slowly. So I understand. So thank you so much, George. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. And for everybody listening, um, thank you. Uh, I consider these a gift for you to be able to take 30 minutes of your time that you could have spent anywhere and listen to this. So I hope it was helpful, but I just have immense gratitude if we don't connect. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And just remember this, you're worth it. And this is the work that matters. I promise you, I promise you, these are the secrets. So give yourself the chance to keep listening to this show, keep listening to what he has to offer and put it into practice. Awesome. Make it a great week, guys. Get in some work and uh, see you next time.